How is it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Buddy's House of Horror Podcast. Today is the very first edition of the new mini-series that me and Midnight Miles are going to be doing about underrated films. We teased it on an earlier episode of the podcast, and now it's finally here. And we're starting with the two films that Miles suggested, The Innkeepers and Undead. And it was a ton of fun talking to Miles about these films. It was a ton of fun watching these films. So instead of listening to my intro about it, we're just going to get right to the show. Of course, if you guys haven't already, please make sure that you subscribe to my channel and turn on notifications so you know when I post new videos. And if you were to give this video a thumbs up and share it with a friend, it would be greatly appreciated. Of course, if you're listening to this over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, make sure that you leave the show a rating and review and also make sure to subscribe. Without further ado, let's get to our first episode of Underrated Films. Alright, so welcome to another episode of the show, guys. Today is the first episode in the, uh, the new series we're doing on the show, um, where we're going to be talking about some underrated films, and this was brought to my attention by my co-host, who actually pitched the idea for me, so uh, what's going on, Kat? I'm here at Midnight Miles. Damn, I'm upgraded to co-host? Shit, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize that. Well, this part, the the underrated films, you're the oh, co-host for all these episodes. Man, this is going to be our uh, ongoing series here. I curated this shit or something. Damn. Yeah. When you get a, a million subscribers, just remember us, all right? Little people, remember all these old... Uh old episodes you know yeah yeah i'm sure people will dive into the archives and take some of these out so what's been going on cat i mean you good to go you ready to record you need a blanket or anything i mean i know you when you come over here you like to get all snuggled up and shit i mean you're good i'm good yeah i mean (laughs) you know not everyone lives in a freezer like you do so uh but no i'm okay you know the weather it's it's starting to feel you know so then you wet your finger you feel that fall wind you're like oh yeah fall's coming it's pretty much this weekend. I, I got a couple of those vibes. Like, oh, yeah. it's on its way, you know? Yeah, so good stuff. Yeah, Halloween's definitely my favorite time of the year. That's why we do this show. Um, So, yeah, let's just sort of get right to it because, I mean, we'll have plenty more podcasts to sort of shoot the shit. Um, so as we teased in a previous episode of the show, um, we're going to be talking about some of our underrated films. Maybe not necessarily, like, the greatest films we've ever seen, but definitely some films that, like... They struck a chord. A lot of these, yeah. a lot of these, initially for me. This is why we're actually going back rewatching because maybe they won't strike the same chord again. Because it's been most of the ones I've picked. It's probably been five to ten years since I've seen them at least. Yeah, I mean, for me, some of them I've only seen once. Some of them, like the pick I revealed last week, I've seen a multitude of times. But like some of them, I've only seen like once or twice, and they're just stuff that like you don't really hear people talk about ever. Um, and maybe they need a little more recognition, or maybe they don't. I mean, we'll see if they deserve to be lost in obscurity, or if they... Or either way, we're going to watch them, so... See if they hold the test of time, right? Yeah. So, the way we're going to do this first episode, we are going to watch the two films that Miles picked, um, which are going to be The Innkeepers and Undead, and then for the next episode of the show, we're going to do the ones that I picked... And then maybe in future episodes we'll do like one of each just so it's like a balance. But it just so happened to be that this time um, we're going to be watching Miles' films first. So that's how it goes. Luck of the draw, luck of the draw. Yeah, luck of the draw, man. Well, my first pick is The Innkeepers. And uh, we actually did just watch this the other day. Yeah. So it's not as fresh in our minds. It's been a couple weeks. It's, it's, it's been. been, a, been a, you're supposed. To, it's it's magic. Oh you're yeah, we actually let, we actually no, just, just finished, watched. This. We, just, we just finished this. 
God, man, you're spoiling all the behind-the-scenes magic. Uh, well, you ruined the behind-the-scenes magic because you were like, hmm, it feels like it's starting to get fall when this I, is I literally going to release, was, like, so much later, thinking, but it's I fine. I was just thinking about that. Well, it's all spoiled. This is, uh, you know... Who knows? The world could end by October, and no one will ever hear this shit. Yeah, it so, could. I mean, we, the way this year's going, I mean, who knows? Well, fingers crossed. Uh, anyways... The Innkeepers is a film by, I think we talked about this at the end of the last episode that that I did. I think it's Ty Ty West. West. Ty West. West. That's what I always assumed it was. I heard some other freaking nerds when I was uh, in college saying T-West, and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Ty West. Yeah. But anyways, if we're wrong, comment, but I'm pretty sure it's Ty West. Pretty positive. Yeah, I mean, I watched a couple... um, Oh, you did some homework. I didn't do... No, I didn't do much homework. I watched a couple interviews just to make sure we were getting the pronunciation of the name correct and everyone has been saying ty west so okay all right well, yeah. we're good uh this is his second film technically well he did a short it's kind of like a short or like a real i guess i don't want to say underground film but kind of he did the roost i think and that came out like maybe 2005 yeah it was before the the it, one he's known it, for. The, yeah, it was the before House, House of the Devil. Yeah. House of the Devil was his first... I think he considers that like his first real right. film, you know? Yeah. And that was... I think that was 08. So it usually takes him... He seems to tend to do two to three years between films. This came out in 2011, which seems like a really long time ago. Yeah, in, nine, in, nine in, years in, ago. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Whenever I think of 2011, just like my instinct is just like, oh, that was like two, three years ago, but it's like cat, no. No, it's almost a decade. We're, we're hitting, we, as we're hitting the end of 2020, next year that will be a decade. Hey, let's talk, let's talk about this just for a quick second. I sure as fuck dodged my 10-year high school reunion this year. Cause, oh, shit. <laughs> so I, I got a little lucky on that one. But, well, mine yeah. was at Jules. No one listening will probably understand what that means. But maybe you know a Jules. Oh, Jules Dancehall, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a interesting country bar, and it was uh, quite the interesting experience. Uh, it wasn't bad, though. Yeah. It was just like high school, though. <laughs> I, I sat at actually the one side of the bar. Jared was there. Jared's on, you know, Two Nerds yeah. podcast. Shout out to Jared, even though he'll probably never listen to this. <laughs> I would you bet, never know. I would bet if Jared listens to this, I'll give him three dollars. Yeah. See if he hears that. Uh, anyways, but it was it, you're not missing much. It'll be exactly like high school. All that <laughs> shit from films where they have like, oh, I'm going to my ten year high school reunion. Let me see if this chick still thinks I'm hot or like you know yeah, whatever yeah. the synopsis is. None of that shit will be what <laughs> actually happens. It's gonna be you drinking with either your friends in high school or your acquaintance. A lot of it is. Seeing acquaintances you haven't seen in a while that come up to you bullshit for five minutes or yeah. ten minutes. Right. Or like, oh, let me sit down and have a beer with you. But the people you never talk to are not going to give a fuck if you were there or yeah. vice versa. Right. But it wasn't bad. And the people that, like, you're close friends with, I mean, you're friends with them anyway. So, like, as you said, like, you and Jared, it's just like, well, what's the difference? I mean, like, yeah. Sat down. You know, I think Jared wore a nice shirt and... <laughs> He tried to, you know, schmooze the crowd, you know, go around, stuff like that. But he spent most of the time sitting at the bar with me, you know? Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that, that was a nice little tidbit. Just right. We've already lost every fucking viewer from that three-minute segue. No, that's, right? no, they like the segues, man. Uh, they like the, the sidetracks. 
it's fine. It's a good thing he dodged though. There's always they'll probably the thing is they'll probably do yours like a 15 year now or something. Well, they'll probably just do it the year after. I mean, I, oh, you I think your class. You have one yeah. of those kind of classes. Where probably they're like, they're like they can't fucking wait to get this shit done. You know. Yeah, but well, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway. In Innkeepers, uh, Ty West's second film. I'm going to say it's a second, you know. Maybe if he listens to this, he can call us out. Uh, should we go through the synopsis? I guess I guess we'll start with the synopsis. It's about an inn, like a small, small town inn, like right dead center of a small town. It's their last weekend they're going to be open. They've been open for like, I think, 100 years. Yeah, a while. Or something like that. And it's historical. A lot, obviously, you know, probably thousands of people have stayed there, things like that. It was probably the key inn in the city that they're in for probably since the town had been around. Right, yeah. At one time it was a booming place, but now it's like, I don't want to say run down, but it's definitely way past its heyday. Yeah. Um, sure. Like, still, like, you get a couple people coming in now and then, but it's not like, the epicenter of the city like it used to be. No, probably everybody's staying the classic tale of America. Everyone's staying by the interstate, you know? Yeah, everyone's going to the Holiday Inn Express. Like, no one's staying at this little place. This place would be good for Airbnb. Perfect. Um, if Airbnb was around at the time, but this was 2011. Our um, generation now, our generations, probably would have boomed right back up. Oh, yeah, and especially with the uh, the haunted aspect of it, I figured they could have used that. Um, big in their marketing on the Airbnb, but at the time they're it's their I don't want to say the early stages of the internet, but it's definitely during the uh, Tumblr blog post era of the internet. Where think about this, people still used MySpace back in two thousand. Oh yeah, briefly. I mean, it was basically at the end of it, but it still was in existence and still people used it. But so. what I'm getting is the the innkeepers at the hotel, the guy at the desk. He they run a little like bloggy like yeah, he website. Does have that, like very old. Yeah, old, I want to say I'll use the word old school, but old school blog sites are like horrible font, black yeah. background. Like, <laughs> yeah, fuck. The internet was so funny for the <laughs> kids. Kids will never understand what the internet looked like in the '90s and then up. I remember fucking looking at pages in the '90s. There were literally like. Almost like your TV back right now. It was purple. It's funny. I was going to say it was purple with like some sort of black font and you just yeah. read about something. Like it yeah, was literally that's like all it, was, it was, basically yeah. looked like a fucking piece of paper <laughs> and you were just reading stuff on the internet. Like it was just so – the information it was, so was primitive, there. so primitive, yeah. Yeah, it was just super primitive. Um, There's some websites that haven't updated since the 90s. Like if you still go to like the original Space Jam's website, it hasn't been updated since 96. So it still looks exactly the same. These tidbits. Now, I help, help every viewer. I'll be on later tonight. Like, oh, I wonder what Space Jam's website looks like. Yeah. I've talked about it on one of the shows before. That's how I know that. But um, so Anyway. Innkeepers. Uh, I actually, I as I told you before, I wasn't going to tell you until we started recording this, but I did a little homework on this. So, apparently, he shot House of the Devil right up the road from where he shot The Innkeepers. The innkeepers. And that was a real-ass hotel. The crew from House of the Devil all stayed at that hotel that he shot oh, really? the innkeepers Oh, in. well, there you go. So, and the way... Reason, he was doing a little networking, yeah. yeah. And the, <laughs> but, but it's funny because it was years before, and actually, he basically innkeepers wrote itself because the casting crew were hearing things constantly. Yeah. And, like, doors shutting, so he goes, they were freaking out, and he goes... 
look, guys, I think it's awesome, but I don't really care. i got to shoot a movie. Like, that's You're what right. He, did. <laughs> he said the cast and crew were talking about stuff. But he said a lot of them started, started having very vivid dreams. And he said even towards, I think, the end of the production of House of the Devil, he started having very, like, vivid like, Was he staying dreams. at that hotel? Or yeah, is, okay. yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. I'm, if, don't quote me, Internet. But I'm pretty sure he was staying there as well because it was the best option to, like, the nicest option for an entire crew to stay at for an affordable price. Right. So, yeah, he said that they were having all sorts of, you know, weird stories, things like that. So he was just kind of thinking like what he was going to do next for a film. And he's like, basically the thing just wrote itself. He goes, the front desk people that like, that I modeled my two leads after, they're very similar. He goes, very similar people to who were working there when we stayed there, except for he goes, I just took input of every other person I've worked with a part-time job. He's like, that yeah. that character were just like the typical part-time job employees right, yeah, yeah. mixed with the like the looks of the people that were working there when he stayed. Yeah. So... Is this hotel still open? I don't know about that, but I'm pretty sure it's actually called the Yankee Peddler Inn. Just like in the oh, film. really? They use the real name, a- a- everything. Huh. Uh, you keep talking. I'm going to look that uh, up and see go. if it's, it's still open. Search. Yeah, but... Well, so... He was going to have the cast and crew stay at the hotel again while they shot there because it was big <laughs> enough. And because I guess, I think if I remember reading right, I think he had only had a 17-day shoot where he was allowed to shoot at this place. Uh-huh. So he wanted, you know, he's like, well, let's keep everyone basically there. And he got Sarah Paxton, who Sarah Paxton at that time had done a couple – you know, decent, decently sized films. I mean, he had a name behind him at this point a little bit. Start House of the Devil did really well, especially because that was when video stores were still there and Net, or, uh, Netflix, Redbox. So he did pretty well, like I think, with Reynolds and stuff for the House of the Devil. So he yeah. had a little bit of a name, so he got a decent budget for the innkeepers. Yeah. Um, so he was able to get some actors that are actually right. had been in stuff. Yeah. You know? But... So he talked every talk, talking the whole crew and staying there. He's like, "Yeah, some weird stuff happened the last time we were there." Yada yada. Sarah Paxson's all excited, and then about a week before they're gonna go to shoot, I guess the agent, her agent, calls and goes, "Hey, can you find some place else for Sarah to stay? Because she's really scared to stay at yeah, the hotel." Right. And he goes, "I'll tell you what. Have her stay there the first night, and if she hates it, we'll get her a new place the next day, guaranteed." She stayed there the first night or started to spend time there. She absolutely loved it. Stay for the whole thing. And stuff. Oh, okay. Well, but they said, yeah. they said the dreams. He's like, he's like, I'm not bullshitting. He goes, and he goes, and people, the cast and crew try to tell me their stories again. And right. he's like, I feel bad. But he's like, I didn't really listen to a lot of them because he's like, I'm trying to make a movie, you know, like right, type yeah. deal. But he goes. And yeah, was it a lot of the same cast and crew? I don't. Well, not the cast, not cast but like, I don't, like crew. I'm not sure. I don't know. I didn't read that far into it. Um, I would assume. Assume he probably worked a lot of the same people because yeah that's I, how it goes i know yeah. that he like a lot of filmmakers in the era they all kind of like thank each other and say i would always see him on credits things like that and like i know a lot of the extras and stuff i think would be like similar ones like there was like a group almost there was like a handful of filmmakers all had like the same people like in, right yeah, in yeah. films and stuff like that they were kind of all up and coming horror directors because horror had a really big resurgence at the beginning of the 2010s if you go back and look, like, independent-wise, I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. Magnet video, Magnolia video, which Magnolia video became, is Magnet. I mean, I think it's, like, the offshoot of it. IFC, um, 
Dimension Extreme kind of went out at the end. I think that was like the, like 2008, 2010, maybe 2011. Right. Dimension Extreme got a bunch of foreign film. Lionsgate was throwing oh, yeah. up a bunch of shit, you know, because they had made a bunch of money off Saw and they were buying films left and right. Um, I really think for independent horror, for and especially because I think the crop of like independent directors, even some that really aren't that well known nowadays, but like I know like still a couple, I'm like, oh yeah, these guys released two or three good films or something, but then they kind of, yeah. that was it, you know, that's what they did. Or maybe they went something else in the film, I don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah. But there was like a really good group of just, I remember going to the video stores and stuff like that and be like, man, that was great, this was great, this looks great, this trailer was great. Like, and the production companies were like, really putting together good catalogs of like right. solid horror where like I guess maybe the last like few years I personally uh, probably you know anyone listening to this probably might not agree but I've struggled to find like a plethora of good independent horror yeah I mean honestly it, I don't know about you but I, I haven't seen like not to the magnitude hard. of the beginning of the decade oh yeah I mean it's been hard I mean a lot of the like independent horror you see now is just like trying to get it out as fast as possible. And, like, you still get a lot of, like, interesting stuff, but the way I've seen it, it's mostly been, like, overseas stuff. Yeah. Um, that comes here, and whether you get the dub or subtitled or stuff like that. I mean, some of them are still in English if they come from, like, Europe or whatever, but, like... Right. As far as, like, the American stuff, it's basically just, like, the Netflix trash. Like, you know what I mean? Just, like, the yeah. random, like, stuff like that. Or a so. lot of those directors, too, seem to have, like, their first features got up by, like, maybe, like, A24, like, some of yeah. those production companies. They get probably some of those, you know, a lot of those, the budgets are a lot higher than some of the ones that I'm talking about kind of released. But, like, some of those probably would have been straight to, like, video or on demand. Oh, right, yeah. If it wasn't for, like, A24 and, like, Blumhouse and stuff, like, really, yeah. like, getting taking, all this stuff yeah, together. Like, yeah, taking, taking a you know, kind of a gamble on some of these directors and stuff like that. And, but those companies have made a shit ton of, Oh yeah. Hand over fist. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, back. Anyway. So, so the hotel was actually closed in 2015 for extensive uh, renovations. And it said it was supposed to take like seven or seven to 10 months. It never reopened after that. And then best Western actually bought the hotel and it says it has plans to reopen. This was in 2018 when like Best Western bought it out, but it's not it's not open yet. So they still have plans to reopen it. Apparently, I wonder but, if uh, if they would have done that this year before everything. Uh, I imagine something like that probably is like low on the totem pole for Best Western or yeah. like a company. Like when it gets done, it gets done type deal. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's cool though. I mean. What town, what what city was that in? It's in... It's in Torrington, Connecticut. Oh, that's right. They did... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember them saying they filmed it. Yeah, there. established in 1891. Damn. So, yeah. over 100 years that it was in business, so... It did have a very... The film has a very New England look. Oh, like yeah. The architecture and For things sure. like that. I mean, very, very much New England. Um... Things just don't look like that. You know, especially, it's funny when I always used to go to Pennsylvania too, even when I lived in Pennsylvania. A lot of places, the small towns of Pennsylvania don't look like anything in Ohio. Oh yeah, not at all, it's no. It's like completely, yeah. like, it's funny how much like... Just the architecture the and everything original, changes. like 13 yeah. colonies that became the states, you know, stuff like that. Mm. Like how much different things look once you get over into like the Midwest. And yeah. Then, you know. Right. But, man, I'm really, I'm really segueing on some stuff today. But that's that's okay, right. it happens, uh, yeah. So, what did you think of the film? Let's just get, I mean, like, just, just, 
brutal honesty. I mean, what did I think of the film? So do some pros and cons because I I know our. our yeah, just go with it. Let's see. Let's see what you get. We got to say. So I guess first impressions. I mean, as we already we already peeled back the curtain, so it's been a few weeks since we've seen it. Uh, first impressions. I mean, I thought it was good. I mean, it was all right. I mean, it wasn't anything super groundbreaking, but I don't think that's anything we set out to do with the show. Um, I don't know. Like, I thought it, it definitely had a good atmosphere and mood to it. I liked the general vibe of it. How um, again, it's one of those films that mixed the horror and comedy together. Um, but one doesn't necessarily shadow the other. One thing I will say, and I'm sure we'll get to this, um, it wraps up really quick. Um, there's a lot, there's a, there's a ton of buildup and I don't necessarily know if the payoff is worth it. If we would have gotten maybe once shit keeps going, like once it really hits its stride, if we got another like 10 minutes out of it, maybe, but, um, once it gets going, I mean, it's pretty much over after that. Um, but yeah, it sets mood and tone pretty good. Um, my illustrious wife was with us when we watched the film. Um, I know parts of it really got to her a little bit. There's a part within, uh, and this is, we're going to be getting into spoilers, obviously. So if you haven't seen these, go ahead and do that. Um, but you're in too deep now. So, um, the old man sort of freaked her out that his whole storyline where he goes to the, uh, he goes to the honeymoon suite where him and his wife went right. um, for one last night before the hotel closes. Um, so that was just very unsettling to her, um, the way his stuff all, all pans out. Um, and yeah, I mean, I thought it was fun. Um, I don't know if it's something I would be revisiting all the time. But I mean, I would watch it again um, if I was with people who hadn't seen it or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think on Letterboxd I gave it a 3 which is a solid store, solid, solid, solid store. Miller, Miller Road, yeah. Yeah, solid. so. Um, I thought, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those, I think if the characters, if I didn't like the characters so much, I wouldn't, I guess, hold it into a higher regard. Because uh, I really thought that both the leads played off of each other really well. And I thought the dialogue was very believable. Oh, yeah, it's they, very they, na- they, it's very natural. They, like I really, you, I thought those were those people. Like I'm like these are these people. This is their lives. You know. It's like yeah, they just cast the people that actually worked at the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> like, because if I mean, and as you alluded to, like everyone who's worked a part time job or whatever, like you know these people or you are these people. <laughs> yeah. So kind of just like, eh, I guess I'm working today or, or you're yeah. working, but you're also doing a few other things or things like that, especially when you're working a part-time job unsupervised. When oh, you're yeah. working for a corporation part-time job, it's not cameras everywhere, there's not everything, you're kind of just like, mm, I have these five tasks today, I'm here for five to seven hours, I could probably do these five tasks in three, yeah. let me stumble through, let, let me yeah. get on my ghost blog real quick and like, yeah. put some shit up there, you know, a door moving or something. Yeah. But... I think, yeah, it is, it's slow, it's a very slow burn film. I feel like people who watch, who have watched, or will watch, maybe even his House of the Devil, um, you know, should know that going in, that it was gonna be a slow burn film. Like, I would just, I would expect that from watching, from watching that film first. Um... The payoff, the payoff, I, I think the ending, it, it is, it's way too quick. We talked, I mean, that would be my biggest gripe right off the bat anyways. It's the last X amount of minutes. It's like, go, 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 done. Yeah. And you're kind of just like, 
I don't know if he did that to try to give it more. I, f- I feel like he wanted to give it more of like, not realism. I hate that use that word for this, but like, well, if it was a ghost story, like, and we're just I'm gonna spoil it for you, kids. But, yeah, that's fine. Uh, if someone dies, if a main character just gets fucking killed by a ghost or a spirit apparition, whatever you want to say. Really, what would the epilogue be? Right, like basically what happened in the film. It was basically yeah. like it wasn't, it wasn't glitz and glamour. It wasn't, yeah, uh, you know, it just kind of was like, oh fuck, someone died. Like oh, let's wrap up the pieces here now, you know. Um, I do wish probably at least five to ten more minutes of the of the actual whole ending sequence. Yeah. Um, I don't mind, like, once it wraps up or whatever, like, once it's over and then they do the wrap-up and that's only a couple minutes, that's fine. But, like, I feel like there should have been more to the chase and, like, more to, like, all that stuff going on. Not necessarily how it wrapped up after one of the characters dies or whatever, but I, yeah. I wonder if he wrote more to it and just... It's, it's possible, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, like you said, I think he said he had a 17-day shoot. Yeah. I mean... You're not gonna yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. You, I mean, sometimes you just have to finish something, especially because I'm assuming he already had, I th- I don't know where my, I think Dark Sky Films put out, I think they put out his first couple films. I know they put out House of the Devil, so I know he already had a production company, he already had everything, so there were probably deadlines or probably, you know, he's like, yeah, I got to get this done, they want it for festivals, they want it for this. Right, yeah. Um... But I also read uh, something with him in the past where it was like, well, what if it was a ghost story, but it was like the one character said where he didn't believe me. He goes, what if there were no ghosts there and he was just making everything up? Yeah. So I think like he was like, I think even in his head, he's like, well, people probably would have hated it. But I think he, he hinted the fact like, what if I made a ghost movie and there were no ghosts, there were no spirits, the whole thing was right. just made up. Yeah. It would have been interesting. It would have been interesting. Yeah. People would have probably fucking hated it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the whole, like, fake-out thing. I mean, like, it's like getting to the end and it was all a dream. Or just, like, like people yeah, hate that shit, something you know? like, like that. Like, but it's clever sometimes when people do it. I mean, I've seen it work. Uh, April Fool's Day is a film that... Oh, yeah. You've seen April Fool's Day, no? <laughs> I don't think I've seen it, but I'm, like, aware of it. Yeah. I uh, might have to... We'd have to watch that one. There you go. Look at the ideas. Yeah, I know. You're a cornucopia of ideas. Oh, (laughs) word of the week, cornucopia. Yeah, but I feel like like, talking about like the slow burn thing. I feel like nowadays, as opposed to 2011, that's more accepted because you're getting films like Midsummer and stuff like that, where it's it's definitely like it's more of a slow burn era right now. So like, if people are revisiting this, it's not like. I know me in 2011, if I was watching this, I would have been bored out of my mind. Yeah. But right now, like, after I've matured a little bit, and, I mean, I've seen a, way more films back then, but back then I probably would have been bored for a little bit during the yeah. the beginning section, so. It, it definitely could have added a little bit more. Ending could have been a little bit more. Uh, but I think, I think for, maybe just for me, I think the believability of it, the location of it, everything looked the authentic. There's like an authenticity to the film, where like I feel like like the hotel. It's like I've been in places like that. They're just yeah, like, look like they're so rich with history that it's just like I'm like for some reason when I was watching it like initially and like and the characters and how like the dialogue is kind of witty. They kind of I know he wrote where he was like I don't want these people to like be 
be huge horror movie buffs or huge believers or anything like that because you've seen so many films. The person right. like, I've seen a thousand horror films. Let's do this or this or that. You know, yeah. You have a guy that's indifferent, and then he like realize like he even admits he's like, oh, I don't believe in any of this shit, and yeah. then he gets scared or whatever. But like, it'd be different if it's like a horror movie like. Starring me is like you fucking know everything that's gonna happen, you know. Right. Like it has to be like some don't sort of very don't split up, don't do that, you know, like things like yeah. that. I mean, you know. Uh we've all seen Scream. <laughs> so if yeah. if someone hasn't seen Scream it's listening to this, shut the fucking podcast off and go watch Scream. <laughs> yeah. Uh well anyways. Uh But what did you I mean, what did you you didn't say what know, you I, thought about it. I guess I I liked it. Pretty much as much as the first time I saw it, I definitely think well everything that we I kind of just touched upon like you kind of hit the you know the nail on the head. I mean it's just like uh, you know ending could have been longer. I still when I'm watching that I was watching that with you guys sitting here. I'm like oh yeah definitely I wish that would have lasted another ten minutes right like the whole sequence because the way he had the scares I like the look of the main woman spirit ghost even though at the time there were some things that looked a little bit like it she almost had a very like j-horror look in a sense but also with like almost like american traditional like traditional like ghost you know what i mean the very yeah i don't know pale like almost like when people have like fake photos of spirits or yeah yeah. (laughs) things does that make sense am i no i know what you're saying yeah um the old man looked creepy as hell. Oh yeah, and he kind of came out of nowhere type thing. At you know, I wish maybe his it, section would have been a little more fleshed out. Yeah, because he just sort of shows up and then you sort of forget about him. Just like the characters in the film, they're like because they need to evacuate the place or whatever, and they were right. like, "Oh fuck the the old guy's staying upstairs. We got to go get him out of the room or whatever." Um, so like, I feel like that was partially to like make you forget he was there. Yeah. Um, just like the characters in the film do. Cause the only other person staying at the hotel was like, there was a mother and a son that was there for like a brief period. And mm-hmm. then there's like an aging film star that's like yeah. staying there for some reason. So she's, well, she's a medium. Yeah. And she was doing that whole, like, uh, she had like spirit convention or something right. out there. I'm just yeah. She was like there. a famous actress who like took a turn and then started doing like, um, rituals and yeah, stuff. Rituals, and, spirits and, you know, or like speaking on that and stuff like that. Which she really helps the main character. Their relationship is nice too because the woman at first wants nothing to do with her. Yeah. And then Sarah Paxton's character all of a sudden's like, hey, I'm really freaked out. I'm starting to yeah. see things. And she's like, what? And then yeah. she kind of starts diving into things and kind of like they start taking each other seriously and building a little bit of a relationship, um, which is nice. You know, the relationships in the film are all, all really good. And I think I really do think the characters are probably what brought me back to it and why I say that it's underrated. Because I think the acting's really good and I think the writing's good. Yeah. I think the way that cuts the edits, I think it's I think it's a really good film. It's shot nice, too. I mean, we didn't talk about that. There's lots of, like, tracking shots and, like... Yeah. I mean, you see it all the time now, but, I mean, it's still, like, worth mentioning that it's not shot horribly. So. No, it's definitely something that if you could have put someone in and been, like, watch this... They would be like, oh, that I could have seen that in the theater, or like, the right. prof- it's like a professional shoot, I guess. You yeah, say. doesn't look like fucking Joe Bob out in the woods. Oh no, and, yeah, you know, the fucking it's a well-made film for sure. Uh, I would probably watch it again. I actually own it. That's one of the things we uh, we I think we touched on at the last podcast that, that I did. 
But all the films that we're watching are ones we physically own. We physically own, or we have a way to get them physically. Right. Um, so, like, a couple that are, like, easy to find. Like, we can't get anything, like, super obscure or whatever that's, like... That's, and that I mean, we could, but, like, I that mean... That would probably help with the people listening, too. I mean, you could probably... The Innkeepers, if anyone is interested, Dark Sky Films put it out. It's on Blu-ray. I think I bought my copy, brand new, at FYE. Some of the FYE yeah. still have it. And it was on DVD, too, so... Yeah. Probably find it for, like, I think, like, $5, maybe Yeah, $7. and I think it's available on, like... YouTube on demand, you can rent it for like two dollars or something oh, for nice, a rental. Nice, so nice. if you're into the streaming thing, um, but I like to I like to buy shit. So <laughs> yeah, 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 I feel it. Um, anyways, though, if anyone, I I would recommend it to pretty much anyone. Not anyone, probably not Jared. Even though I think yeah. Jared watched it for some reason. I think I'm, I'm gonna go on Letterbox and see who. I'm sure he hated it. I mean, let's just be honest. Hey, Jared, I know you probably did. He's not. He doesn't really like a lot of slow burn stuff. He's not a slow burn guy, you know? And he's not a fan of, like, modern horror films as much as you are or I am. True. Like, he's more of an old school guy. Like, I know, like, I feel like he's changed recently. Like, he likes some of, like, the newer ones, but, like, this early 2000s era. Like he missed out on... Yeah. That was still my videos, like, uh, video store days. I was going to, like, any video store I could find, even if it was, like, 15 miles away, up until probably, like... 2012 when I moved back to I think yeah. when I was gone like the like the handful of years I was gone in Maryland and Pennsylvania I was renting constantly yeah so uh, it turns out I gave it a two and a half which is still middle of the road at the time Jared gave it a two you gave it a four Damn, um, generous I probably in hindsight I probably would re-rank it to probably like a 3.5 yeah because I, I think that was like probably a little bit but the lowest review I'm seeing from any of my right. friends is uh, Dan oh, with, yeah. with the solid one star. Dan doesn't really like a lot unless it's a Criterion Collection <laughs> fucking thing or just something he geeks about. But uh, I don't think he's a very big modern horror fan. Dan, if you're listening, you can let me know. Uh, he's absolutely not listening he's to not this. not <laughs> listening. Not, no. But, uh... Yeah, if anyone's looking for a good ghost story, maybe do a good double feature on a Friday or Saturday night around this time, whenever this comes out in October. Yeah, whenever this comes out, I yeah. Would, uh, I don't know what day it comes out yet. I would recommend we'll it, especially for fans. Let's see if something I could relate it to in, in current times. What's something that came out that would be like a good double feature for Innkeepers like for, in the past five years? With Innkeepers? Um, I'd really I'd have to think about this. In the last five years, I don't know. Like It would be a good one... Go ahead. What were you going to say? One of your picks that you mentioned, I think I think Oculus and Innkeepers would pair well together. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're both, like, ghost stories came yeah. out around the same time. I think that would pair well together. Because, um, like, I was thinking, like, films like Insidious or whatever, just anything from, like, that time period. In any of the it would be a good Insidious would, or con, even The Conjuring, I think, yeah. would pair well with that, you know? Yeah, it'd be a good, like, this could, I don't know if you would want to watch this after, because those ones are definitely more action-packed. And entertaining, but this one could co- sort of like lead you into that, like as the beginning part of the double feature. I feel like right, you know, the first Insidious though is kind of it's not slow, but I think like the first 30 40 minutes, it's not really, yeah, like, really just you know, shows it's got a couple jump stuff. scares and stuff, but yeah, not much is not much, yeah. Um, well, should we uh let the listeners on a little magic? I think 
So maybe we're going to pause and go to our second film. So yeah, we're going to move on to the undead. And again, to peel back the curtain a little behind the scenes, this one we are actually going to watch right now. Right now. And then we're going to come back after we finish it, right after we're done, and we're going to record. So no bullshit this time, so we're going to be watching it right now. I guess before we watch it, um, because all I've seen is that trailer, just what are some of your general, like, memories about our thoughts about it before we watch it so undead was one of those ones that i had seen it like when i was this came out what i was this came out in 2003 so i didn't see this when it first came out uh but i remember going to the video store like probably around like you know 2005 2006 and i because i was really getting in especially once i got my license i was going to other stores or like going to stores to buy stuff or look to buy stuff. Right. So I was really getting into researching horror and stuff like that because um, I had the accessibility to like go places and just go through a store and literally look at any cover that I see that looks cool. I remember seeing Undead. And with, per- perfect timing. So my, perfect illustrious, time. my illustrious wife is coming in just in time for us to watch this. So. Well, should, we, uh, should I come back? No, go ahead. Story? Tell your story. I'll let her in. I was, was going to say. Tell uh, your story. This isn't a professional podcast. This you isn't a professional podcast. Hello. Hi. Hi. You I, I didn't realize I did. You're on the podcast. You're on the podcast right something. now. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, so, uh, well, while you're in here, real quick, because well, we're segueing to the next film, what did you think of the innkeepers? Yeah, yeah. Throw your, throw just, your just real quick. <laughs> I have too much brain damage. Uh, it was good. I liked it. Um... All right, that's it. <laughs> that's all I have to say. That's it, <laughs> Sounds, All right. I hope everyone heard about her brain damage on the on the internet. That's, yeah. That's the truth. That's why I'm not going to Disclaimer, Buddy and her have a very healthy relationship. It is yeah. not a domestic dispute or domestic <laughs> violence in any way, shape, or form. To my knowledge. I'm bringing it out to my knowledge. So I'm just yeah. throwing it out there. Protect myself, you know. I'm, you know. If this was on the video, I'd say if I blink three times, get me help. Uh, yeah. All right. As the, now let's... Uh, now that I've lost all, all train of thought, my brain damage is coming out. Uh, so let's so let's just pop the film in and we'll we'll come back. We'll, to we'll come back. We'll and come we'll... back to my early memories. All right, all right, internet. We're gonna watch all right. this now. So we're in... dead from two thousand three. All right, so we're back. We literally just <laughs> turned off the as as Miles died. I actually got uh, Corona and an undead virus during that film. Yeah. I know, it was a very interesting time. I know my wife was terrified, and so was Miles. He was shivering. My cats were freaking out the whole time. Scary flick. Um, yeah, scary. So, yeah, so literally we just turned it off. Um, we didn't speak at all after. We were just sitting here awkwardly. I know, I was trying to pry <laughs> and be like, what'd you guys think? I'm like, save for the podcast. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, right when the credits started rolling, I went on Letterboxd just to see what other people have rated it that I'm friends with, no one has watched this. I probably didn't even rate it. Because yeah, because you weren't even on there. No one was. I uh, I have not backlogged a ton of stuff because I honestly can't remember everything I've watched. I feel like that's pretty a normal yeah. thing. Yeah. Unless you spend all day on Letterboxd. Like, oh, I watched this. I watched this. Maybe I watched right. this. I could have watched this. So I will rate it on Letterboxd after this. Yeah, we're going to have to. One thing I will mention right off the bat, um, looking at the cover there, kind of, I don't want to say gives away the ending because there's no context to it, but you literally don't see that until <coughs> the last 
45 seconds of the movie. There's only three on this, see, instead of being Oh, there's only three on the cover, and there's four. It's just misleading in general. Yeah, it's a very misleading cover, I must say, because you're expecting uh, some gas mask action throughout the whole thing, and it's just at the end. Um, But yeah, I mean, you gave the synopsis of The Innkeepers. Um, I don't. Did you want to sort of just run through the plot a little bit here? Because yeah, I know because as soon as we stop recording the innkeepers, when you're like, oh, we probably should have talked about the plot more. Uh, also, we were kind of in the middle of. You asked me what, how I got this, or oh yeah, or so tell us about, about how you. It's gonna be the odd, dis- oddest pause because Emily was walking in, and you like you're like <laughs> give me some important thoughts on this, and I was just like, brain damage, right? There we go. Um... I found this strictly on uh, one of those ones, like I said, I was going through stores look, just looking at covers, 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 covers. And then I don't think I bought it initially, and then I told Spaz about this. Ryan Spaz, but yeah. I call him Spaz because I just can't ever not call him that. And he had started to get into a lot of horror right at the beginning of college, and I would just like feed him information like, this sounds cool, this sounds cool. Pretty sure he just spent his student loan money buying films. <laughs> so I was like, oh, cool, cool. I don't have to like buy these. And I can just, when we meet up, we can just, ha- like, on like once a month, we would just binge a bunch of shit. Right. Like, at his parents. So they would hear us at three in the morning screaming and crying, <laughs> laughing. Uh, and I'm pretty sure, pretty sure the first time I saw this, he's like, I finally bought that on Dead Film. I was like, oh, let's watch it. And it ended up with me and him screaming and yeah. crying, <laughs> laughing at every single kill because that's just when Spa screams and cries and laughs at something, you would do too because he's so extreme himself about it. Right. But it's equally as entertaining as the film. So I think that was the first time I saw it. And then I think I watched it. I think I rented it from Blockbuster like once or twice when I lived in Maryland because I just like needed a good pick me up. Yeah. But I don't think I've probably seen this in maybe since 2009 or 2010. Maybe, two, yeah, probably 2009. Yeah, so about around the same time you first saw Innkeepers or whatever. So, yeah, pretty substantial gap. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty, like these, between the both films, like a nine and an 11 year gap, roughly. So, yeah. I'm between two. So, yeah, it's been, it's been quite a long time. Um,. But I had really good memories, clearly, because I had the yeah. spas memory with that. Uh, synopsis is pretty much uh, spoilers, I guess, for yeah. Taga, but pretty standard, I guess, in a sense, except for, yeah. you know, it starts off like meteorites are just falling from the sky, <laughs> basically infecting people in a sense, and it just kind of follows a cast of survivors uh, through this infection. And a lot of wonky shit happens along the way. They realize the whole town is being basically enclosed by a giant black wall. Yeah. That has spikes coming out of it. Uh, there's some other creatures in hoods and robes running around. I won't right. spoil too much. Yeah. Uh, basically, we're dealing with not only zombies, but also aliens. Yeah, basically. I wasn't going to say they were aliens, but... They're aliens, yes. They're aliens. Well, I mean, I feel like if you watch this film for, like, the first five or ten minutes, like, as you said, like, the meteorites are coming down. I mean, you kind of get... Yeah. And you see the people getting abducted or whatever into the thing. That's true. They do the abductions really early. Uh, 
There's zombie fish in it too. There's zombie fish. So you were hyping up this zombie fish scene. The, I remember it being okay, so, longer in my head. So quick, quick sidetrack. So Miles and I have actually been trying to watch this film for what the past month, maybe month, like every weekend, and just something happens. So the entire time he's been hyping up this, there's zombie fish scene, and then so it's just been building in my mind for weeks and weeks. You know what? I already know why I probably was also building this because when me and Spaz would watch something that we thought was funny we would rewind it six times and watch it again. So the zombie fish scene probably seemed a lot longer in my head because we watched it for at least ten minutes at two in the morning. Yeah. So that's probably just why... Just it, it Just rewatching it. Yeah, that's what we used to do. It'd be like, hey, rewind that. But we laughing. It wouldn't even be... We'd look over at each other. There'd be no words. It would just be in the middle of laughter, rewind, and then continue <laughs> doing this looping yes. and shit until eventually we started to slow down our laughter and then we would continue on in the film. Yeah. So, I mean, sp- spoiler again, but when you see a, a man punch a zombie fish once, <laughs> especially when I was younger, I mean, fuck, I thought that was the best thing in the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, so, I guess I got a buddy too worked up. He was, you know, dreaming about zombie fish in his sleep. And Emily was probably talking about it over breakfast, over their singular cup of coffee they drank. They share. Yeah, we uh, share a cup of coffee, man. I don't know. That would last me about a whole 15 seconds because I would respect <laughs> and then be gone. Uh, but I'm sorry I overhyped the zombie fish scene. But. No, I don't want to say you overhyped it. I'm just saying that, like, we've been talking about watching this for several weeks and it hasn't gone through. And so we finally watched it. We're doing the show. Um, you give your, your, I can feel it rolling off the tip of your tongue. You give your reactions to it first. Um, so because of the hype, I would say I was a little underwhelmed throughout. Okay. Um, but that's mainly like if I had just gone in blind, like I wouldn't have known what to thought, uh, what to think about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was a good time. I mean, like this is definitely one of those films that if you get, like, the right group of people together to watch it, you could have a, a really good time. Like, if it was just me sitting here, like, by myself watching it, like, I'd rather die. <laughs> but, like, if you, like, get the right group of people around you and you're, like, laughing, having a good time with it, I think it'd be a good one. Definitely a good um, film. Like, if you... Because a lot of people, like, when they get together, like, for zombie films or whatever, like, you're going to put in Shaun of the Dead. You're going to put in Dead Alive. Like, you're going to put in these ones that are ridiculous and they're funny and like there's like some crazy shit going on in that um so this would be like a good one just to like change it up if you've seen Shaun of the dead like a million times or whatever um also i guess to give it a few critiques i guess i think they got in a little too over their head um because this was their first film too. yeah it was their first film and this was the early 2000s and cg was really popular at the time and i feel like they sort of overdid it. Like, if you're doing like a low budget film, you kind of need to like know your limits. I mean, like a lot of yeah. the C- a lot of the CG was like really bad. But again, that sort of like adds to like the charm of everything. Um, you have to. It's think a nice though, little time capsule of a film. You know? On the budget, if you, okay, so if you watch, if you watch another 2000s film, like even like early 2000s. The CG was bad on the big budget. Films. Oh, yeah. I mean, so you've seen the Scorpion King. Yeah, which means, like, honestly, for the year, I give this a lot of slack because the year it came out and the budget this was on, coming from a small area in Australia, the CG for the year, I don't oh, think yeah. is that bad. Right. But it, but that's because I used to watch so much shit, and you have to remember all the CG looked like weird video game graphics for the first 10 years, unless you're like, 
Jurassic Park or something right, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, you know, that was like, I don't know. That's my, that's my take on it. It was, yeah. I, I, I have a soft spot, though, for bad CG because... I like how hard they were trying. Yeah, like I said, like it adds it adds to the charm, and like as I said, like you can tell, like they were trying to like do their best, and I mean, like given the budget and the time period, I mean that's really all you could do. They probably didn't have that much access to like yeah. Like, I would love to see what this was actually shot for. Oh yeah, Um, Um, some other like just like little critiques I'll say about it. Just get it out of the way, and then I won't be negative anymore. <laughs> Damn. I don't know. Just like for me, like I don't know. This is just like a stylistic thing because I do direct film when I can and stuff. I wasn't a fan of like the color palettes and stuff. Like everything was very like the muted colors, like almost like sepia tone. Yeah. During the day scenes and then the yeah. night scenes, it was just like they had like a blue Instagram filter basically on it the whole time. But everything was like very muted. Um, that just might have been. For blending the CG. Yeah. That's what I was wondering when I when we were, like, watching it, like, because the way some of the CG stuff, they, they used a lot of blues and whites in it. Right. I thought maybe that was, like, something to mask, like, the limitations, in a sense. Yeah. I don't know. I'm asking. I, oh, no, no, yeah. I don't ask you. Like, I think that could have Well, been no, I just think it was sort of, like, a trend at the time. Like, not, because, like, films, when, like, they want to be dark, it's not necessarily dark and, like, a subject matter way but they just kind of take away all the colors Um, there were a lot of films at the time playing with a lot of like filters and stuff i mean look at like the ring right well the american ring you know like that was in that kind of like like the blue bluish almost like a light blue green but with like but there were a lot of blacks everything was like blue green black in that film yeah in a sense you know yeah, so I don't know. It's just a very dated thing to me. So again, it's nothing like really against the film. It's just like that's a trend at the time that like with modern sensibilities, it like makes it a little more dated, I guess, in my opinion. Definitely a time capsule. I mean, yeah. it is eighteen years old when they probably oh, shot this, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's really crazy think to think about. Um, some of the things I did like about it, um, I feel like this film was an inspiration for This Is the End. Like, I feel like maybe, mm. like, Seth Rogen and the gang had seen this. Because there's literally a shot in this that's in this and this in the end. When, like, the people are ascending. And in the film, it's, like, those with, like, the righteous hearts or whatever. Like, they're going, right, like, it's, like, the right. end of the apocalypse. And, like, Seth Rogen is hanging on to the guy who's, like, not in the stream. And so, like, they're going up together. That's literally a shot in this film. It they is, do They yeah. do the same thing. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I don't know if it's just a coincidence or if they happen to see this. Well, this was, like, in... I remember this being, like, in, like... Because Lionsgate had picked it up. Like, this was in a shit ton of video stores. And, like, I've seen it in stores, like, back in the day. Like, so it's, like, not... It probably wasn't so obscure to find a lot of places ten years ago. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen this. Not that I've really looked, but I, I mean... As you know, this is a video store copy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I haven't really seen it anywhere, but they could have seen it and been, you yeah, know. Yeah, they could have, yeah. Seth Rogen, all those guys are pretty big, like, film buffs and, like, weird film stuff. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they just. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure if they're, like, doing research for, like, oh, we're going to make a film about the apocalypse. Like, I'm sure they, like, went and, like, watched some, like, other stuff to, to oh, see what yeah. was going on. Um, 
I like that it was self-aware that it was goofy. Right. Um, it wasn't something that took itself too seriously. Like, even in, like, the musical cues, it's like, okay, like, they know what they're doing here. Like, it's not, like... And it's not too over the top. Like, you get, like, some films around this time. Like, I don't know if you've seen, like, Dead and Breakfast and stuff like that. I saw Dead and Breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it a couple times. Yeah, yeah. so I like that it wasn't before. that over the top, but yeah. they were still, like, so far, like, okay, this is kind of kooky, you know? Well, I think, like... It, on the cover, it says most inventive zombie film since Peter Jackson's Brain Dead. Well, you got to think, Brain Dead came out like, like 91, ten, 92, and yeah, this so was like, like 10, 10 years, years later. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a whole lot of zombie stuff coming out really until 2002 was like that big resurgence with Shaun of the Dead, Resident Evil, 28 Days Later. Mm-hmm. Like all those came out around the same time. Yeah. And then. Years down the road, obviously, The Walking Dead, things like that. So this was kind of ahead of, the, like, the zombie trend that actually kind of took over this decade a little bit. And, and oh, forms, yeah. And like, pop- popularity. Right, yeah, know, that's when like that. the zombie boom started in the 2000s. Yeah, 90s weren't really big for zombies. I mean, like, you had the early 90s, like, with the Night of the Living Dead remake. And, 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 and Brain Dead. And Brain you know, Dead, yeah. Dead Alive, whatever, whichever title you want to call. But, yeah, there was kind of, when you really think about it, there was, like, a 10-year gap where... Really wasn't a lot of zombie films yeah, coming the, out. The 90s were very much into the vampires because that's when we were getting mm-hmm. Blade and Underworld and Interview the Vampire. Kind of, yeah, I mean, so. on, a, on a major scale. I mean, Tom yeah. Cruise, Brad Pitt, you know. Yeah, so. But any any more uh, pluses? I mean, the makeup effects for, the, for, for what they were, I, I actually liked the zombie prosthetics in this and they used a lot of different yeah, they prosthetics. Did. Like, they probably had, cl- like, not close close-ups, but, like, there was probably at least, I'd say, 20 different zombie, like, face prosthetics in this that I could count. Yeah. I mean, they really went to town on, like, that's a lot of time yeah. and a lot of money to do. It was, like, my special effects right. background. Like, that's, yeah. they really spent the time to do that. And I thought they all looked pretty fucking good. In my oh, opinion. yeah. And, like, the mm-hmm. zombies looked great. Uh yeah, I mean, overall, like, uh, and then I'll hand it to you to say some more of your thoughts. But overall, I thought it, I thought it was fun. Um, it was a little long, I thought. Like, I thought maybe it could have been, like, ten minutes shorter or so. Um, just trimmed it a little bit here and there. But uh, overall, I thought it was good. Um, and the theme song in that, it sounds just like a theme song and, like, some other thing, but I can't place what it is mm. at all. Uh, the music was very memorable. In, in the film. Like, they, I remember the, the they, score well. They use the uh, the one scene where she is hacking up a bunch of bodies in the store. Isn't that song, like, a famous song? Like, a famous, like, instrumental song? I can't remember what it was at the time. I can't... I, I'd I can't remember look, what was but, playing, but yeah. Um, any other thoughts before? I've not... No, you can have. You're getting. You're getting. The podcast is getting completely sober, miles. So I haven't like actually interjected or just you know been on it. Oh as no, much. you're fine. The floor is yours, man. You can go ahead and. Mm, uh, I still loved it all these years later. I mean, it's one of those things where when you don't watch something like probably the last time I watched this, I was probably nineteen or twenty, and I'll be. 32 in a couple months so yeah. it's been a hot minute uh so you don't remember everything is i remember it being wild and it didn't disappoint in being wild i mean yeah let's talk about it body parts ripping off yeah torsos being ripped in half 
Yeah, fist through guts the guts coming through the head. Fist yeah. through the head. I mean, gallons and gallons and buckets of blood in like yeah. the store scene. Zombie fish. Yeah. Aliens. There's a whole ass alien at one point. In the, which I'm just trying to sell it. Maybe there'll be a resurgence of people yeah. watching this. But there's a whole ass nude alien at one point. And it's comfortable taking it's, its clothes, clothes off. off. Yeah, that was very self-aware. You know, very good little... Neither of you guys laughed. I almost laughed. I was like, oh, I'm the only one that thinks... <clears throat> Excuse me, this shitty joke is funny. But I, I thought it was great. Naked ass alien, you know? Um, it's just fun. It's just a fun film. Like, I feel like... Dead and Breakfast, as you brought up, a bunch of stuff around that time when the zombie stuff started coming back. I feel like a bunch of people had seen Dead Alive and they're like, we're going to make an ode to this because everything was super gory, buckets of gore, buckets yeah. of blood. And I kind of missed that about like this decade. I haven't seen a lot of stuff that was just balls to the walls over the top. Like I haven't in a while where it was like, Oh, yeah, you don't see it in too much in modern cinema, like, no. They just threw five people's heads against a wall no. or, like, literally blood shooting everywhere, you know, blood spray. Uh, a, a few films a year, maybe, but, like, not not a lot of stuff I've watched the past few years. Like, I kind of miss that. Yeah. kind of hope that comes back where people are just like, let's just make the nastiest, dirtiest fucking film Blood, gut, shit. I don't care. Everything all over the place. I miss yeah. that. I don't know. Yeah. Probably in a, only in a one, fun way. You know? yeah. yeah, in a fun way. Yeah. No, I understand. Because, I mean, like, you get stuff like, I don't know, like, House <laughs> of a Thousand Corpses and, like, stuff like that. But it's just, like, dark and gritty. Like, you're not going to see, like, Dead Alive. Like, it's the goriest film ever, but it's also, like, one really fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, I always... I could watch... That's one of those ones I could watch endlessly. Like, just because it's just so visually entertaining and just so over the top like it's the definition of over the top I mean, yeah the lawnmower scene oh yeah <laughs> uh we're i mean you're getting off topic but it's a good film like obviously like this being like an australian production they're obviously gonna take you know cues from peter jackson yeah that being you know i'm shooting all those his early flicks in new zealand uh I don't, I don't know if I have a lot of talking points on it besides it's just a blast. I mean, it's obviously like the people that directed are two brothers. Mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna fuck up their last names, so I'm not even gonna say. It. How do you think that they that they say this? You show me the Spearig. That's what the that's Spearig what I brothers. Like Spearig brothers. Yeah, that's yeah. what I always. I'm just I hate butchering names. So I'd rather yeah. if you. Do I'll it. butcher it. It's fine. It's much uh, it doesn't matter. But as I talked about with you a little before, they went on to, like, do a bunch of big shit with Lionsgate. Like, they've worked with Lionsgate for, like... Yeah. Yeah, you said they did... 15, 20, 15, 18 years now. Yeah, you said they did Jigsaw They did stuff. Jigsaw, which... I thought Jigsaw was pretty good when it came out. I mean, for what it was... You gotta look. Yeah. For what it was, it was good. It's yeah. not like... Right. They did... Actually, um... Did you ever see Daybreakers with Ethan Hawke? I didn't see it, but I'm a, I, I know what it is. I love that film, and they did that. Oh, cool. uh, yeah, they did that. William Defoe's in it. Yeah, my that's guy. A, yeah, it's a really <laughs> good film. Um, I think they did uh, the Winchester House film for Lionsgate a couple years ago. That ghost. Oh, it's just one. called Winchester. Winchester. Yeah, I yeah. knew it was just Winchester, but I, 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 I wasn't. I was like, I think I that's haven't. Them. I haven't seen it. I but. saw that in theaters. I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't phenomenal, but it was like. 
they have a good style. Like, they make things when they do something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like they half-ass it. Like, it always looks visually really good. Right. Especially, like, once they got into more professional yeah. filmmaking, you know, like, big budgets, big sets, whole crew. Yeah. I think Helen Mirren's in that one, isn't she? The I don't know. One? I haven't seen it. I don't know. But that was pretty good. I don't know. Um... Side note on that, but basically I've liked I've liked everything that they've done, and it's just crazy to see them. Just like obviously, Peter Jackson's went to do go on to do more acclaimed things, but it's funny that people can come from like a splatter background and go on to have like yeah. successful Hollywood careers, you know, yeah. off of throwing fucking blood and guts all over walls and punching fish or all over the windshield, yeah, and stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say without going through it, like, scene by scene. And I'm sure we'd rather just people watch the film and then... I'm, I'm hoping it... If you need something, if you're having a really shitty day, go buy some Tall Boys. As I'm watching this, I advocated for, for drinking during this film. Yeah. And I decided not to. I probably would have been much more entertaining. And I, this podcast probably would have been way more entertaining as well. But it's definitely it's it's hard to watch this film sober. I would say <laughs> if you can do like a couple bong rips, if you can fucking you know just drink some, some beers. I don't care. Do some shots before you watch this. Get all your friends together. You're gonna have a great time. If you've never seen Dead Alive, perfect double feature. Oh yeah. Start with this to ease yourself in. And, and then, then dead alive once you're like really drunk. <laughs> by the time you're ripped out of your mind and it, it gets to dead alive in like the final 30 minutes, you're going to have the best time of your life. Yeah. You're going to fall in love. I'm going to say it right there. Yeah. Uh, but still great. I mean, tons of crazy effects all over the place. An ode to all kinds of genre cinema. Obviously, they love sci-fi and shit too. Throw yeah. the aliens and the abductions. And right. All the music was also very like... Kind of like, I feel like some of it was like Ode's like 50s, like paranoia sci-fi and aliens yeah. and everything Well, like as soon that, as the so. film started, when I like saw like the sepia tone and I was listening to music, I was like, am I watching the Andy Griffith show right now? Yeah, I know. You did say <laughs> that. You said that out loud. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the music was very reminiscent of a, of a bygone era. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Um, well, should we talk about... Should we talk about what you're going to show? I don't know if we, if I did a good job putting over the films. I don't know if I got the films over this week. You know what I mean? If we sold them well enough. But let's talk about what, what, what okay, you're going to Yeah, pick. so for for the next episode, we revealed this at the end of last one. But we're going to be talking about um, Oculus from, I believe it was 2013, Mike Flanagan. Big fan of his. I've liked every movie of his that I've seen. He's great. The only film of his that I haven't watched yet is um, yeah. we- Ouija Origin of Evil. That's the only one I haven't. You saw Absentia? No, I haven't seen that one either. Oh, that one's really good. Is that one of his early that ones? Was, that was the film before Oculus. Oh, okay. That was on Netflix for a while. Was it? No. Okay, yeah, then I haven't seen you that one You should watch either. that. That one's good. Yeah. But I've seen most of his work. I'm sorry. I missed a couple. No, no, I'm just... Oh, I just wasn't sure you saw because I really liked that one. I That's why I was, like, excited to see Oculus, actually, when it came yeah. out. So I was like, oh, that dude's... I actually watched that with Jared. I actually... That was back when Jared watched some new shit. Yeah. We saw Absentia, and I think he liked it. 
he was probably passive, aggressive, because yeah. it's Jared. But I think right. he actually he, he said yeah, there was some cool shit in it. You probably really like it. It's, it's especially if you like. It kind of fits well with Oculus. Yeah. Like if you would have seen that and then went and then saw Oculus, like oh yeah, I kind of see like. Yeah. What he's doing and stuff. But I love Oculus. Yeah. So that's gonna be one of the films we're talking about next week. It's been a few years since I've seen it, um, but I remember I liked it a lot. Um, I think I've seen it like two or three times. Because I saw it for first when it came out, and then a couple times after that. Um, but yeah, excited to rewatch it because I actually put it on a list last year of my uh, top ten modern horror classics. I think I put it at like my number three or number four. It was, it was definitely up there. It's a great. Um, it is a great. I mean, it's a really good film. Um, and then the other film we're going to be talking about is Popcorn, which is from the early '90s. Um, I wanted to throw at least one of my VHS films on there because I like watching stuff on VHS. So I just went upstairs, randomly picked that one, and I was like, all right, this is, this is a good one. That one I watched with Jared. Um, it was one that I had seen the box art for for years and years and years. Right. Um, and then we finally watched it one day, and we were like, okay, a lot of these films, like the, it has good box art, and then you watch it, and it's like total crap. But this one, we were like blown away by like how good it actually was, given the, the budget and the style that it's in. Again, it's not like a monumental film or anything, but it's definitely underrated and fun. So The whole point of this is none of these are probably going to be... Oculus has a bunch of regard for it, and it did okay at the box office, but a lot of these are going to be like... Yeah. They're not going to be life-changing films, but you're probably going to have a good time. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to rewatch both. Um, Popcorn especially, because that's the one I'm not as familiar with. Like, I remember, like, the general plot and everything, but as far as, like, basic things that happen, I don't remember. I've seen um, Popcorn once, and I think I fell asleep. Good sign. Part of it. <laughs> no, I liked it. I think I put it as, like, a double or triple feature. I think this is, like, when I, because I used to get Netflix discs all the time. Yeah. So, like, this is definitely dated for me, too. Like, this was probably 2010 to 2012, maybe? Yeah. So, because I'm pretty sure it had a DVD release. I'm, I'm like, It was a very limited release. Netflix Netflix um, discs would have the rarest shit for really? some reason. Yeah, they... I, I miss Netflix getting discs. <laughs> they still do them, by the way. Yeah. I had them a couple years ago, actually. I had discs for a year, and then I stopped. That's such a Miles thing. It's a very Miles thing. Uh, it's great to get a, get something in the mail, and it's great to be able to browse through a giant library online. I miss video stores. So that's like the closest thing to me, like being able to get a video store in the modern era. Yeah, because you know the whole streaming thing just doesn't tickle my fancy. Like yeah, the video store. Yeah, we're gonna have to find a video store someday. The one we were talking off the air that the video store near us just closed. Um, we went there. I went there a few times, but yeah, certainly missed the video store. So I don't know. I don't know. I have nothing else to say. Really, uh, really, we were. Uh, yeah, I guess just, I don't know if we were underprepared. I'm starting to get a little tired, man. I've been off yeah. that caffeine, too. I mean, yeah. my old-ass body, it's like 9.55. I'm like, fuck, man, I just want to go home and suck on a pillow until I go fucking go to sleep, yeah. you know? Um, Before we sign off here, um, do you have anything you need to plug? You've been you've been a regular guest on the uh, Clumsy Walrus show. I have um, been on so. the Clumsy Walrus. Um, I'll probably be on a couple more times, I feel like, before this airs. I feel like I'm almost... He's been having trouble with his... Uh, not trouble. Let's not... I'm not going to start any beef over, <laughs> over a podcast. But 
his his actual co-host Chad is like busy with his business, so Dylan's trying to throw together some random podcasts. Yeah. Um he's got a good show, you know. He's got a good show. So you know, sometimes it might get a little too weird on the show and it might it might it might end up in some interesting conversations. If you want to hear two guys randomly probably get into Star Wars at some point of every episode I'm on. Every episode I've listened with you guys, Star Wars has been brought up. So. Okay, well there you go. So if you want to, like random segues into Star Wars, you'll love it. Uh if you don't like listening to people high and drunk talking about Star Wars or other things, you're not gonna love it. But uh <laughs> Clumsy Walrus, yeah. I'll plug that. Hey, Dylan, if you listen to this. He might, actually. He's pretty good about the podcast thing. I'll let him know when this comes out. But he's got a good show. Clumsy Walrus is on Spotify, just like this is on Spotify. This will be on Spotify. It will be right? on Spotify when it's out, yeah. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, if you have an Android like my boy over here. Um, basically anywhere you get your podcasts, so... Um, I was actually looking at the analytics. I have a little following in Ukraine. Because <laughs> nice. where's Dylan's? It's in like Russia or something. He's got a couple people. Dublin, Ireland. He has oh, a bunch Ireland. Of, he has like a random follow, like uh, listeners in Ireland consistently. Huh. So. Well, we're going international. <laughs> the way, man. One or two people are hearing my voice somewhere. I, uh, fuck. I don't know what else to say about that. It's cool, yeah. I guess. I'm I'm getting delirious. I guess it's yeah. time to cut it, right? Yeah, so it's time to sign off. So we'll see you guys. I don't know if it'll be next week or in a couple weeks when the episode comes out, but we'll be watching some more films and talking about them. And yeah, so that's about it. I'll try to make it more entertaining next time. It's Midnight Miles signing off. All right, we'll see you guys sometime. Bye. <laughs>